I do all the audio editing, so if I sound stupid, I'll just edit myself yeah, we out. We could just delete this whole segment if it goes <laughs> right. bad. Welcome, everybody, to the R&R CatCast, a fan-based podcast focusing on Montana State athletics. We're two dudes named Ryan from the state of Washington talking about our dear Montana State. We hope you enjoy Welcome back, Bobcat fans. Well, Thorny, it's almost time. We're about ready to commence the 2019 season. Expectations at our all-time high. We have your two Ryans right here ready to talk some Bobcat football. So let's get this thing going. Man, I like the energy. I love it. Football is in the air. It is just about time. We kickoff is coming right up. Man, I can't believe it's this fast already. I know. It seems just like uh, about a year ago. Well, it seems shorter than that, but about a year ago, we were talking about doing this. And man, I'm just excited to get this thing going again. Um, It's going to be an exciting season. I'm ready to talk to you about every week. (laughs) And uh, I know it's going to be weird, but it's going to be fun. You and I are not going to have a free Sunday slash Monday night in uh, quite some time. That's fine by me. That's fine Fine by by me. me. Yeah. Right on. Well, uh, on the show, uh, we're going to talk about how Jeff Choate named QB1, Casey Bowman, Bauman. I'm going to screw that one up. Yep. I, yeah, <laughs> I was hearing it this week for really the first time that you know, people are seriously talking about it. it I think it is Bauman. Bauman, yeah. Bauman. Okay. Casey Bauman. Well, uh, no doubt I will have trouble with that one. But uh, <laughs> just we'll roll with that. Uh, let's see. We're going to talk about some recruits that we've signed. Um, since the last time we put out a podcast and then last but not we not least we're gonna um go we're, we're gonna talk a little bit of fall camp we'll maybe get into that we'll see what, what we what we got going on there see how but, we feel yeah we're Anyways, gonna be doing a whole nother episode of that next week so we'll see how we feel when we get to that the end of the quarterback discussion so you know what's coming next we're gonna do what we are drinking as as we do every episode um thorny I'm about to take that. Well, I made it back to Montana uh, for the last week on vacation. We drove all the way to Missoula to visit my family in Missoula. And anytime I go to Montana, it's an opportunity, as long as I have room in my vehicle, to load up on Montana beer. And for once, I actually decided to try a beer I had never tried before. Um, I was asking the guy at the Wardens in Missoula, if there's any ambers he had in his uh, Montana ambers, the only one they had was Byron. So he recommended the Phillipsburg Tramway, which is a rye pale ale. He said it drinks kind of more like an amber. And you know what? It's actually really good. I actually enjoy it quite a bit uh, from the Phillipsburg Brewing Company in Phillipsburg, if you didn't guess. So, no, I've been to the brewery over there. It's a cool place, but I've never had that one. I think um, the only beer. I remember having there was, um, I think it's called River Otter or Otter Water or that. So um, I spent some time over on Rock Creek. My wife and I we took a uh, just a little camping trip, uh, fishing trip, really. And so uh, we just went into town and had some nice cold ones. But uh, that was quite a few years back. Yeah, it's a it's a cool little town. You got a got a brewery and a huge candy store. What mm-hmm. else do you really need? <laughs> <laughs> right. 
Well, let's you? see. Uh, yeah. Um, well, a little bit backstory might be real quick. Today I went for the first time. I was I was thinking, you know, we we got this thing coming up, and so I wanted to get a beer uh, that just wasn't in my fridge. And so I went to a place called Total Wines and More. Have you been to Total Wines and More before? I'd like to point out before we get to that conversation. No, I have not. But I think you and I might put more thought into what beer we drink than any other thing that we do on this entire podcast because <laughs> i do the same thing like walking in beer like what what beer is really describing my mood about the podcast we're going to record tonight? <laughs> well i don't know if i go that far but i do try to get something interesting at least but anyways uh i know this place is by this fly shop that i go to and when i'm walking there i'm, I'm walking through i'm it's astounding it's kind of like the sears catalog of drinking i don't know if you get that reference but there's a little bit of everything in there and so i i went in there expecting to be there in like 10 minutes in and out it was like 40 minutes later i'm like still picking out the different beers it's crazy but uh regardless and like a candy store for an adult for an adult really <laughs> there, there is everything in it um uh, I stopped in the Washington section and I pulled a uh, called Black Raven Brewery and it's called Updraft and it's a pale ale, uh, piney, citrusy, 5.5%. Oh, you know, this kind of like my group call right there out of Redmond, Washington. So um, cracked it just two minutes ago. It's pretty good. Yeah, you made me curious. I was like, what is the alcohol in mine? 7%. Not bad. <laughs> okay. I tried to stay away from those guys. <laughs> yeah. I'm only having one, although I do have a second beer just sitting there just in case I run out of this one. So, Thorny, um, back to your vacation in Montana. Give me your best and give me your worst thing about going to Montana last week. Best thing? Um, just driving up through Glacier, doing the avalanche lake hike. Uh, driving, going to the Sun Road all the way up to the pass, the Logan's Pass. So it's up there. There was a little thing up there. Um, did that. That was fun. Um, worst part was just driving in the car for hours with two toddlers, one who is potty training. <laughs> I, I know where that's, that's at. By right far now. the worst. Yeah, totally. I, I need to toddler. pee every you know fifteen minutes, even though I just went, and then he doesn't pee. So good times. <laughs> <laughs> Right on. All the, uh, the 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 parents listening to this will get it. Everyone else will be like, "Who cares, man?" Yeah, exactly. You just don't know until you know. Yeah, yeah. Just whining, fighting, good stuff. It's just good stuff. <laughs> right on, buddy. Well, I'm heading back to Montana on Wednesday, so I will say hi to Montana for you. And if any of my friends get to listen to this, I'll I'll be texting you soon. <laughs> drink, drink some more Montana beer. There you go. All right, so before we talk about the QB1, uh, let's talk about the new recruits. We had about six of them since the last time yeah, yeah. we talked. And I think that just goes to, uh, you know, it's just like Jeff Choate's uh, recruiting philosophy is a little bit like casting a big net into the sea and just kind of pulling in what you get. And then I, I don't know how I feel about it. I know we were going to talk about it a little bit, maybe brush on it just a little bit because I just mentioned it. But it just seems, um, you know, Montana kids withholding, it seems a little bit random. <laughs> I, or maybe it's more calculated than I think, but uh, we, we're just pulling guys all over the place right now. Well, 
if you're going with your fishing analogy, I will say he does know some good fishing spots. <laughs> it's good not point. just random net casting. It's casting a net into a well-researched area that where there may be a lot of fish. Yeah, I mean, Cho, Cho <laughs> does have a lot of connections, so that that is um, that doesn't surprise me. So it it is, but yeah, if you're looking at the list of the guys that we're going to talk about here, that's quite a roadmap. All right, well, let's start with um the most recent, and it was kind of uh, this guy named Thomas Marcus, an Arizona transfer, so a Pac-12 transfer, 6'2", 203, wide receiver, three-star. Uh, I'm really confused on this guy. Like, uh, this just came in, like, two days ago. Uh, will he play this year? Is he is he on campus? I don't know. Is this a thing he's coming in in spring? This I don't know. This was... It seemed like a, just like he mentioned it in his Twitter account, it just seemed like lackluster compared to the other announcements that we've seen. You know, there was no like Montana State graphic that came with this guy. So it just seemed a little bit different. Yeah, it's kind of weird. And even if you look for information about him, like his recruiting was pretty under the radar. He has like two offers only two schools of interest anywhere on his 247, 24 seven page. Uh, I think it was what Utah state and Arizona, like his only two offers period. He did get in a game as a true freshman. So that must mean something, but it's just a weird out of the blue, like fall camp, middle of fall camp. And he was dismissed for, I don't think it was a team violation. It was uh what was it? Like an athletic department violation or something? It was worded differently than I would expect. But anyway, um, I don't know what his impact will be. He's 6'2", 203. Um, so he's got some good size. Um, he did throw a touchdown pass in his highlight video. So, you know, Jeff Cho is just loving that right there. <laughs> he loves anybody who can throw a touchdown pass. <laughs> so... Maybe he's thinking, like, just come in for a fly sweep <laughs> touchdown pass throw. That's right. all you need to do. So, but you know, he, he did have an interesting looking tape. Um, he's tough to tackle. He holds the ball with one hand a lot, like a Deion Sanders type thing. So, can't be doing that um, in Division One anywhere. And, but he's got some good yards after the catch. I don't know. He seems like a decent recruit, just a weird circumstance. And just, yeah, just the whole thing just is kind of fast and weird yeah. to me. <laughs> With guys like that, I always just wonder, like, you know, are they going to buy into being a Bobcat? And really, that's what it just comes down to me as as I get older. Like, like the talent of these guys, I mean, some of these guys are just unreal. But, like, as a, an alum, as a proud Montana State guy, I just want these guys to yeah, just be proud to be Bobcats, too. I guess that's what I really want for all the players. But, no. Um, yeah, and to be you know you know good members of the community, you're bringing these people into Bozeman, so you you know you want them to be good citizens, for sure. So anyway, well, interesting, interesting nonetheless. But I don't need, I don't think he'll factor in this year, even if he is eligible to play and starts practicing today. Yep. All right, next guy on the list: Connor Ryan, Billing Senior, six one one ninety five, safety. What do you got on that guy? Well, it's it's another kind of thing. Like he doesn't have a lot of information or tape out there of himself, except for special teams, because I think he was not even a starter as a junior last year. He got some playing time, 
but um, he was behind two pretty talented guys, from what I understand. So he's a good special teams player. I liked what I saw on the tape. He's got good size right off the bat. Six uh, one was he one ninety five or something like that. So that's pretty good size coming out of high school. Um, I did see that he chose a half scholarship for us over half scholarship for the Grizz. So always good to get a guy who um, has an offer from both schools, even if he is a legacy guy. Most of those guys stay legacy side, but you never know. So you can't lose them, I guess, is the better way to go about saying that. But yeah, he seemed like good size, and I think he's primed out a good senior year. So I don't know, maybe his recruiting will take off here yet, but interesting signing i think he looks like a talented player and he comes from a good heritage he's a speedster too so i saw some of his track accolades and you know never a bad thing to have that kind of speed on the back end so good for him now about 10 900 meter which is only a hair slower than mr troy anderson (laughs) i think had to sneak him in there right had to sneak him in there 10.8 i think something like that (laughs) (laughs) all right Next. Okay, let's, next, let's move on. Yeah. <laughs> next guy, Aiden Parks out of Chico, California, six six foot two oh five, three star linebacker. Offers from UNLV, Nevada, and UC Davis. Um man, when I saw this guy's tape, I was just I'm excited for him. Out of all the guys we're about ready to talk to, I think this guy just really just popped the most. Uh, he attacks the ball. Uh, I think he's good in space. The his like closing speed and the angles he was taking on. Uh, to get to the runners. Oh my gosh. I mean, he just seems like he has such good football skills right now. I'm excited to see him in the blue and gold. One thing that the very first thing that just stood out to me uh, watching his tape was that something that I think we've lacked probably since, um, uh, oh my gosh, Mac Bigno. There we go. He, he was just shedding blockers. Mm-hmm. That's the first thing you watch on his tape. Like nobody could block him. Like he would just like uh, swim out of it or, you know, he would just get out of the block and was able to keep his eyes on the ball carrier, his eyes in the backfield. And like you said, had good closing speed, flew to the ball and took him down. Um, I don't know if where his frame will end up at. He seems kind of like a tweener right now. I don't know if his frame has the ability to get up to that 215, 220 to at least be a decent size outside linebacker in the big sky conference. But uh, he looked fast enough. Maybe safety is in his future. But man, it was a good looking tape. And anytime you get two FBSFR offers, even Nevada or UNLV, interesting uh, to the two FBS schools in Nevada. But um, and UC Davis, I mean, certainly uh, that's a good get in terms of competition Absolutely. for him. Yeah. All right. Next guy up Charles Brown, Arlington, Texas, 5'11, 165. Wide receiver. What did you think of him? Oh, his tape, like it was, it was a good, it was a good tape. He had a, a decent route runner. Um, he had some pretty good speed. I don't think he had any, excuse me, breakaway speed or anything like that. But he had good speed. I thought he used his body pretty well, considering his size um, wasn't real big, and he was able to get some good yards after the catch, which I think is something we, like, who knows. If it's the receivers who can't get yards after the catch or just the fact that we don't have anyone throwing the ball, even given the option to do that, but just something we haven't had much in the last few years, just a guy who can get the ball in space and make some people miss and get some good yardage. So um, he had a decent looking tape. Um, 
He was the third option on a team that didn't throw the ball a lot, so potentially under-recruited there, but uh, seemed like a Yeah, when I was watching his tape, it kind of reminded me a little bit of Justin Page, kind of that straight-line speedster that you're just going to try to hit the, the deep ball on. Um, yep. He, yeah, he had an interesting way he uh, released his commitment. Did you see his uh, little film he put out? Uh, I don't think I did, actually. Oh, I, I can't believe you or missed no, it. no, I did. Probably, I did. yeah. I did. I didn't watch it recently, though. It's probably been a few weeks. Interesting. Yeah, it was it was well done. Um, in in the back too was another Bobcat, Jaden Smith, a freshman receiver we have on our on our staff right now or on our team right now. So that was a connection right there. So that was pretty cool. You gotta love it when a uh, Bobcat recruits are out there recruiting for that kind of stuff. You've been hearing that a lot in the last few years. Just like recruits come back, love it, and they come back and get other guys. Like we have multiple people coming from the same high school who recruited or who's like a uh, verbal at different times. And you just have to know that part of that is the word of mouth, if you will. Absolutely. And that's the best way to get them. Really? It is right on next guy up. Max Lindsay out of T guard. Probably say that wrong. Oregon. Um, five, 10, I don't know. One tiger. <laughs> I should know. Five, ten, five, ten, one seventy quarterback, three stars had offers from Eastern Illinois, Sac state, Navy, Youngstown State, Utah State, Idaho. Interestingly enough, was a once uh, four-star recruit as a sophomore. Um, had offers from Oregon, Oregon State, um, but uh, they were rescinded. Uh, was runner-up, six uh, six eight defensive player of the year. Uh, my thought on this guy was, uh, <laughs> he's, he's really. <laughs> I heard that. What are you laughing about? <laughs> uh, when I was watching him, uh, it seems like he. I don't know if he was just playing against bad people, but like the quarterbacks were throwing him the ball a lot. And as like, I just, you know, he made some plays on the ball, but he was getting thrown the ball a lot. He was in the, he was in the right place at the right time. Good for him. Uh, my critique on him. And I wrote this down. It looks like he'll need to be a little bit more physical. Um, you know, uh, he was a finesse kind of guy when I was watching him, but you know, <laughs> don't trust me. I'm, I'm a fan. <laughs> you know, I don't evaluate these guys on, on a regular basis, but you seem like you might need to get some toughness in, in our scheme. So I had kind of a similar view in terms. I, I I wrote down that he's not afraid to hit necessarily, but I also wrote down he's not a hard hitter. So I think he will get in there and make the tackle if he needs to. But um, he's gonna be one of those guys that me can't necessarily count on to make an open field tackle. Uh, at least that's how it looked like on his film. It's hard to say. Um, like you said. A lot of it was just highlights of him intercepting balls that were thrown right <laughs> to him. But I think it's a it's a weird talent to have where you can kind of bait a quarterback into throwing a ball, like be kind of be invisible back there. I don't know if those were errant throws as much as they just <laughs> didn't see him. So it's it's hard to say. Like that's that's a talent all on its own. Like I think Jacque Allen is a, a guy who possesses that talent. But it's interesting. Like this guy had a heavily recruiting lifespan like he um had an offer from oregon oregon state which is obviously likely why he was a four-star recruit at one point and when those offers went away uh it's weird how that works but now i like, oh well obviously he must not be a four-star anymore that's all the recruiting websites philosophy is like they don't have the offer anymore they must not be as good as we thought they were so they you know put him down to a three-star 
but even the crystal ball, like which I don't know if ever I've ever seen any recruit from Montana State have the crystal bar, ball mm-hmm. predictor of like where they're going to sign. No, nope. did you did you notice that on the page? Because that's like that's not something you do for just your average Joe three star recruit. Like that's a bigger time thing where you actually have someone who works for um, the recruiting site twenty four seven guessing like spending the time putting the energy and effort into guessing where he will sign because they care that much and it was purdue of all places it was purdue which is is purdue is also a, an engineering school yes know? i think they are so i mean that could be uh the reason that msu was certainly in favor there but pretty interesting like he looked like he had good hands he had good hips technique um kept his eyes where you wanted to keep his eyes and yeah i would say that the only thing I could think of that would keep him away was maybe his lack of physicality, uh, but I would say probably more his size, just the classic one inch taller, 10 pounds heavier. Those are offers are still there at Oregon. But I did find an article saying that there was new coaching staffs for both Oregon and Oregon State, which kind of went away from what they were thinking about for cornerback. But you don't get an offer from Oregon when you're a sophomore in high school if you're not a baller. Yeah, it's just, just, just weird. To me, that you're offering a sophomore in, in football, like I can see that, like in basketball, but in football, just I don't know. It's hard for me to wrap my head around that. Well, it could be <laughs> that to you, he was already five ten as a sophomore, and then he only grew another inch or whatever, and then they just like, oh, we, we're projecting you to grow more, and then the offer went away. I I, I have no idea. That's just com- complete conjecture. But either way, it just seems like. Uh, really talented signing, and just we just keep getting deeper and deeper at cornerback. Just get them to December, man. You know when they sign on that line, <laughs> when they send in facts. <laughs> so. Well, this guy has some accolades. Tell us about the next guy who might have the best accolades I've ever heard of for a Bobcat recruit. Yeah, right. I'm Bryce Layton out of Camas, Washington. Our second Camas guy, Rush Reimer, being the first six three one eighty punter, two star. Um, first thing that jumps off to you is he was uh, went to a camp, um, Coles, uh, Coles kicking camp, and I don't know if Coles like the Coles department store. I, I don't know, but uh, he's Sponsored rated number Coles. two. <laughs> yeah, he's rated number two punter in the nation, or at least uh, from that camp. Uh, that's a big get, you know. And then you're like you're you're digging into this kid a little bit more, and he's got a three point nine nine GPA and a fourteen fifty SAT. You're like okay. I see the marriage there with MSU. So uh, regardless, that is that's a great get. Um, I mean, when Padmas is going to be exiting the program, having this guy coming in in the back end, uh, that could just that's that could be huge for us. Yeah, I mean, I didn't watch the kids' tape. In fact, uh, when we were talking about going over the show notes, I had completely forgotten about him. So I have nothing to add to the discussion other than the fact that yeah, I remember reading about him and like holy man number two punter in the nation that's just choke putting emphasis on special teams and i mean if you're a punter you're gonna get noticed no matter what does he punt a traditional punt or does he do a rugby style punt i didn't even watch film well to tell you the honest truth i watched this and i don't know if he could pick up on it but watching a punter's film is pretty boring <laughs> so i got like i may have uh, avoided it on purpose there's a there's a reason i might not watch punters huddle <laughs> yeah you're like, oh, great punt. No, he he was pinning guys pretty deep um, on traditional punts. So um, he's out kicking his uh, – uh, they were lining up and he was kicking over their head is what I'm trying to say. So, <laughs> But, yeah, about four punts, and I was like, okay, that's cool. 
good job. So side note, we need to start some sort of Twitter movement or something to get Padmos recognition uh, to win that punter FCS punter of the year. Cause he's not even on the list, which is just complete hot garbage. Absolutely. So let's, let's, let's do a, a trending hashtag. Let's think of something. I don't know. I got nothing right now, but we'll, we'll, <laughs> we'll think of something here. People, Padmas, if you're listening, we got you. <laughs> Two are the best we'll in the country. We'll take care of you, man. We got you. <laughs> we got you. <laughs> All right. So that exhausts our recruit list from the last time we talked. <laughs> Six signings in two weeks, man. That's two or three weeks. That's pretty impressive. Good job, Montana State. I like, I like how Choke is doing, uh, building the team. I mean, years ago, we would look at these three stars and salivate, and now it's almost regular that um, we're getting these guys that have these high rankings. Um, and we're getting top Montana kids. Oh, we're in a good spot right now, no doubt. Agreed. And it's just just uh, iron, sharp, or, ah, iron sharpens iron. There we go. There it is. That's All it. right, Thorny. Let's get into the meat and potatoes of this. QB1, Casey Bauman. Casey Bauman. Name the starter. The most surprising thing to me, perhaps, of this entire situation of Casey Bauman being named the starter over um, redshirt sophomore Tucker Rovig, is that Choate said he would name a starter at a certain point, and then he went ahead and named the starter when he said he would. <laughs> that, to me, it's like kudos, and I don't know... Like I don't, we'll we'll get obviously talking about Bauman himself as a quarterback here in a minute, but I'm just impressed um, that they actually stuck to a timeline because I think that was the most important, best thing that the coaching staff could have done for the team and team unity and chemistry is to name a guy and just go with it. And I, I honestly, and I, uh, I'll eat my eat some crow here. I did not think that they would be able to do that. I didn't think that they had it in them, just based on the track record of the quarterback controversy going back to Tyler Brugman, Chris Murray. I think Matt Miller had a little bit more to play in this than we, we know. And I, I don't think of Choate's confidence in Matt Miller was there that we would have this decision right now. I'm, I'm guessing I'm just projecting this. It could be totally false, but I'm, my guess is Matt Miller pulled him aside and said, Hey, we need to do this. No backing out. And Joe's like, yeah, I'm like, oh, you know, no. and, and Matt Matter goes, no, we need to fucking do this. We're going to get it done. <laughs> and that could very well be the case. And that, that's just, that's, that's my take on it. And so that's, that's where I'm standing. Yep. No, I think, I think that has to be kind of the X factor because I'm, I'm afraid it would just, would have gone on and just drug on <laughs> into the season through Texas Tech all the way to conference play. Like, I've just, you and I just pined on this podcast last year, just like just like Troy Anderson just never felt like he was what like meant to be quarterback, and it was still a quarterback controversy, even though Jeff Choate was saying he's the quarterback. It just never felt that way, and and we've we're just like you and I just wish that there'd be just a guy, a true guy that you could count on uh, to to be that quarterback. So I'm very happy that it was announced, and in terms of who I thought would win. I am a little surprised. Uh, I thought tougher Tucker Rovick would have the inside track. Um, and I, I can't pin exactly why he didn't win the job. I think, I think mainly due to the fact that I think Bauman has the 
ability or the want to to air the ball down the field. And I think that's something that is a very key cog in the Matt Miller offense. And and Bauman obviously has a huge arm and can do that and is willing to do that. And I want to say here first, I want to what do you think of the nickname Bauman Bauman? What do you think of that? <laughs> Pretty bad. Huh? <laughs> Throwing bombs. Well, let's just put that one on the shelf for yeah, let's, let's, a moment. Let's just put that on ice. <laughs> <laughs> but I think Can that's I talk- that's yeah, really but- what one of the job is just his ability and his I, there's a word I'm missing here, but he like was willing to throw the ball down the field. So I just want to take a, a moment to talk a little bit about Rovig and uh and then I want to get to Bowman or Bauman, excuse me. Uh you and I, we talked about last year when Rovig didn't start after uh, the Wagner game, uh, he, when he wasn't anointed the starter going into Portland State. I think that was the moment that Rovig was never going to start for Montana State after that. Um, I thought, well, that's, at that moment, I thought he would still be our starting quarterback going into this season. But the longer this progressed, I was like, no. I thought we made a huge mistake not leveraging Rovig's abilities during that Portland State. I know Choate saw something where we could just run it down uh, Portland State's throat with the flex defense that they run. And, you know, Troy Anderson, we just need to isolate the the middle linebacker or whatever. And, you know, and just let Troy do Troy's thing. But we could have won that game with Rovig, no doubt. And Rovig seems to me like a confidence kind of guy. Like he just needs to build his confidence, confidence, confidence. And I think that's really what made Bowman, Bauman, excuse me, he rise to the top on this one. I think he just has more moxie, more charisma, more confidence in himself. And if it's, if it's that, then you and I talked earlier this year and I said on this podcast, you know, you're going to look for the guy who galvanizes the team the most. I think that's probably what it came down to. And um, Jeff Choate has said that with certainty on his interviews that that's what he was looking for. And so if skills are evenly matched, they're looking for the guy who commands the huddle the most. And I think Casey is the guy that kind of was rising up to uh, that position. Unfortunately, I don't know why Tucker could never do that or maybe he had fractured relationships. I have no clue. That's just conjecture, but um, you need a leader. Uh, Troy Anderson was our leader last year, and it looks like Casey's going to try to get that role dialed in this year. No, I mean, that's, I think, what Choate values above all else is just a guy who can command the huddle, lead the team down the field. You can count on him. And <laughs> I, I wouldn't be surprised if it was completely up to Choate. Troy would be back there right now <laughs> at quarterback. But he basically asked Troy what he wanted to do, and Troy, you know, told him like, "Hey, man, I want to, I want to play linebacker." I get to see Joe like, <sighs> just sitting there like, mm, "Fine, you yeah. know, <laughs> you can do it." Uh, I, I ultimately Joe has has realized that's what's best for uh, Troy Anderson. But that, but just the fact that that's just how much he values it. Like he almost values it more than his arm talent. Like I mean, yes, Anderson <laughs> moved the chains in, in, in different ways. But if you're looking for a quarterback, I mean, there's got to be guys who can, well, there are guys who can throw the ball better than Troy Anderson, who, but, you know, so, Troy Anderson just has this aura about him, this everyone just believes in, everyone just likes him. He's just that kind of, oh, shucks, all American, and everyone just loves the kid. And 
that's the guy that's resuming his quarterback last year. And I don't know if what it was about Tucker Rovig or his he he just kinda had a bad shake for a while, just so many different offensive or coordinators, so many different quarterback coaches. I mean, that can wreck your confidence. Someone coming in, you get a rapport with guy in the next year, like, oh, I'm your quarterback coach now and everything you're doing that your last guy said is wrong and I don't want to do any mm-hmm. of that. That's all terrible. So, I mean, like you said, if that's a guy who is a rhythm guy, confidence guy, and you just keep rebuilding his technique and what you want from him, it's just going to it's gonna play mind games with you. And if you know anything about management in the real world, you got to know how to manage your people. Uh, you know how to, everyone's different. There's no one blank management style. And if that's what he needs, then they didn't do him any favors in that regard. But he also had every opportunity in the world to win the job and he just couldn't do it. I'm going to be critical of Jeff Chilt here. I don't feel like he's ever done a, a good job in instilling confidence in his quarterbacks. I just feel like he agreed from the outside outsider's perspective. It seems like he just expects you to be the man to have that, that it factor and what you're talking about. And what I'm about to talk about is just, is just that you need time for some people. You just need time to develop like I mean, a quick analogy, like if I think back to my first year of teaching, man, I made a ton of mistakes, but I remember my boss pulling me so I said, you know, I hired you for a reason. We're going to get through this and you're going to grow. And I certainly did, you know, had he pulled me and said, you know, you know, it's not going really good right now for you. Oh, we're going to put a new guy in here. <laughs> you know, if, if you don't stop screwing up, this Jeff yeah. over here is coming in. <laughs> exactly. And I just, I've, I, I blame Chode on that. I just don't feel like he's done a good job allowing someone to develop and it's almost been just this perfect storm of circumstances that just have handcuffed the cat. I think Brugman lost his confidence when uh, Murray came in and just, you know, was lights out that game. And then all of a sudden Brugman just went from this capable quarterback to really struggling and then and then once uh, Murray came in then, then you know he was done and the same thing with like last year when you look at Troy coming in and Troy does his deal and then um Rovig comes in and Wagner and just you know passes for 310 has multiple touchdowns just looks great I mean Wagner is Wagner right but you the obvious thing is hey let's let's start him let's start him at uh Cal Poly excuse me uh Portland State the next day the next week once you do that, no, you start trying to understand. And then that, I think that was just such a critical mistake. Um, and then it's just like, you would think like Rovig would have stepped on a kitten or something. <laughs> you know I mean? The guy, the guy just has had such bad luck. It feels like because his foot broken and it just could never recover. So, well, it's kind of what you just made me think of something, how you and I've been listening to interviews from, uh, on like Skyline Sports, Coulter, or, or talking about like uh, Bobby Houck, and like it doesn't matter who you're winning, man. Also, if you're playing D2s, all of a sudden you're winning six, seven games in a row, like you're unstoppable because of the momentum. Yeah. So it doesn't matter that Rovig was lighting up Wagner, that momentum, that uh, confidence will carry into the next game. And, and instead, you just benched him and you just took away all of that momentum. Like he's like, well, what do I have to do? To win the freaking right. job, right? Like, 
Did I need to pass throwing for 311 against? If doing exactly what I'm supposed to do against a bad defense doesn't win me the job, then what will? Yeah, and you know, I see like if Portland State was some like world beater last year, and you needed like Troy Anderson to manage the game for you, then that's one thing. But we could have beat Portland State easily with Rovic. <laughs> and that, oh man, I think I think Jeff Choate shot himself in the foot with that decision right now, and now uh, and now we have Casey Bowman, and that's. I hope he, I hope I wrote down. I, my biggest hope is I hope Choate does not have a quick trigger finger when it comes to his development, because that, that would be the worst thing. For instance, if uh, let's say we go into Texas tech, right. Or, you know, first game of the season and Bauman is you know, not doing so well. If we pull him and put Troy back there first game, this horrible move. You got to let him just, you just got to let him develop. You got to let him, Gain his feet, get the reps, get the reps, get the reps, because that's the only thing. And I hope someone, I hope Matt Miller is in Jeff Chotzi are going, let it go, let it go, let it go. You know, so, uh, man, that's that's where I'm at with this whole situation. Well, I do want to say real quick here, um, I don't want to take anything away from Casey Bauman. No. Bauman, jeez. <laughs> it's, it's a tricky one. Uh, we'll I don't want to take anything <laughs> away from him. Like, uh, we're sitting here talking about like how Rovic had bad luck or whatever, but you know, Casey won the job. For sure. The reason he won the job. And, and, and we're going back to the Texas Tech thing here real quick on that as well. There's other guys are going to take snaps. And I, that, as long as it's part of the game plan, that's one thing. If, if he throws like three interceptions in the second quarter alone and he gets yanked, that's what you're talking about. But yeah, I don't, you know, he's not going to take more than, 70%, 75% of the snaps any one game this year, I don't believe, just uh, due to the number of other packages and Jeff Choate still loving that plus one run game when you have to defend the quarterback. You know, he's going to get a guy in there who can do that. And he, as much as he says that uh, Bauman can run, he's still not like a Kevin Cassis or a Travis Johnson or a Troy Anderson or or even a Mondre Williams probably. So, or who knows? Maybe Jim Jahari Martin's <laughs> gonna take a snap at one point. But there's gonna be lots of other guys taking snaps, and that as and it's not gonna be any indication. It shouldn't be an indication of a quarterback. Um, I just hope that they do it strategically, where it's not a detriment to Bauman, even if it's part of the plan. If he's rolling and you take him out, just because, like, all right, at this point, I said we're gonna get Johnson in, like. That's that's where you snap that confidence, that momentum they're building, even if it's by design. And that's when you have this many quarterbacks and this many different, this weird quarterback platoon thing going on, where there's guys that aren't even in there to throw the ball necessarily. It, it's just got to be done and and balance. And I think that's going to be pretty For hard sure. to do. In my opinion. And again, like like you said, this is nothing against Casey. I'm I'm super happy for the guy. And I wish him nothing but the best. I think he's an outstanding uh, young talent. Uh, everything I've heard about him, uh, you know, just on the upside. But my frustration that you're hearing right now is deeply rooted in Jeff Choate's decisions with his quarterbacks over his four-year uh, or three-year span that we just previously went through. And so I'm just hoping he's learned from this and it's, you know, sounds like with the, the clear decision early on, uh, the confidence in Matt Miller, 
that's all going to be good signs going forward. So but I'm just keep I'm keeping my fingers crossed. I don't trust Jeff Choate when it comes to it, the quarterback <laughs> decisions. I trust him on on about everything else, but when it comes to our quarterbacks, uh, he's got to prove it to me. Um, I have a lot of hesitation right now. So um, maybe Jeff Choate realized that, and that's why he turned yeah. to Matt Miller a bit more. Maybe Matt Miller, like you said, came to him like, "Dude, let me pick a guy. <laughs> let me stick with the guy." That's what that's what you do with the quarterback. That's what everyone does. Let's also do that. <laughs> uh, and I don't know. I, I'm also curious to know what Dennis Erickson's influence was this last week. It's, it's interesting having him up there. He was talking to the coach. It's like, I doubt you really base everything on it, but you know, you have to listen to what the man has to say. He's a legend <laughs> for sure. And he's a earned legend. So it's, it's just curious, but uh, he definitely described uh, bombing as a pack 12 miss, which you can certainly see just athletic build, the size, his, just his athleticism and his arm, <laughs> his huge arm. Like, who who do you think in the last 20 years has had the best arm of any Bobcat quarterback, starting quarterback? Well, even even on the bench, any quarterback. At Jack Rolovich. Yeah, that, that's, that's what comes to my mind. I don't even think it's even a real close contest. I don't even know who else is even in the mix. Everyone else, I don't, we haven't had anyone with a bad arm, but uh, I think Rolovich, Rolovich had definitely an NFL-type arm. But he was a yeah. he was a statue, but uh, so I think Bauman's right up there. And how many times last year, uh, real quick here, did you did we see that Lance McCutcheon run at a DB? Um, they throw the ball down the field. Maybe it's not complete. The very next play, they move Johnson over to that same poor DB and run Johnson just blows by him, and that's the one we connect on. <laughs> and yeah. and and then that's where a guy like. Uh, Bauman's going to come in because he's going to be able to air it out on those those few streaky because we're going to have guys who are going to get open like we have the talent a receiver to and the speed to get open on those deep passes and we need to hit them for sure and if Rovig wasn't willing to throw the ball down the field in scrimmages and practice like that's another big reason I think that he did not win the job because it didn't sound like he was you know I didn't hear that I wasn't at uh, I wasn't at practice but, yeah, I, I guess my parting thought on the whole QB1 thing is I just hope they let Bauman develop. You know, I hope he's going to take his lumps, and no doubt he should. He's a young man. Uh, it's just experience, really, at that point. And you can't expect everybody to have the leadership and intangibles that Troy, Troy Anderson has, and you just got to let the guy develop. So uh, that's my parting thought on that. And, uh, yeah, that's how I feel. And we should have a plenty good team to win games while he is developing and taking lumps. Exactly. We, got, we should be able to pound the ball. We should, like you said, I'm I'm curious. Like I think I think his snaps will increase as the year goes on, as he gets more comfortable, gains more confidence, and hope. And assumingly, he starts playing better. Not that he's going to start off bad, but you just get better as the year progresses. And I think. In the beginning, you'll probably see more snaps, more wildcat formations from other quarterbacks, and I think it's going to slowly improve or lean his way as the year goes on as he gets more and more comfortable back there. But So in the beginning, I think he'll have plenty of help from the running game and other guys at quarterback Absolutely. to help us win some football games. 
in 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 the out of conference schedule yeah. in particular. I think you're spot on there, Thorny. Well, I don't know. Roundabout, my final thoughts on this is I'm just I'm excited that we have a quarterback that we named the quarterback. <laughs> I'm just stoked, man. I'm just I'm tired of <laughs> the entire year last year just arguing and talking about uh, why is Troy Anderson quarterback again? We're talking. I remember after the Wagner game, you and I like the recap of that game. We're like, oh man, Troy Anderson better not come out of Portland State, you know? <laughs> <laughs> and did, and then he did. So I'm, I'm just, I'm happy to have an anointed starter. Um, I didn't have any real big preference because I didn't know a whole lot about either guy in terms of like what they bring to the table because they're both their bodies works are limited. But I'm just, I'm, I'm excited. I'm genuinely excited to have a quarterback to end the quarterback controversy for now and to get into some football talk. Nice. Well, uh, let's, uh, let's put the quarterback conversation on the shelf because we're going to be talking about that as it's, and we could keep talking about it right now too, but yeah, let's, uh, let's, let's nip this in the butt here. (laughs) All right. Uh, before we get into our closing parts of the podcast, um, we wanted to give a shout out, we were going to talk about fall camp, um, but we're going to save that till next week. We're going to do a preview on Texas Tech. You're going to hear us every week uh, <laughs> till the end of the year, hopefully past the first of the year too, right? Um, All the way up until whenever the Frisco, Texas is. There you go. <laughs> um, but we just wanted, uh, we want to give a shout out to our friend Shane Driscoll. And Shane's been... Uh, just pounding all the practices is gained access to um, media for us and been putting out some really high quality videos. And now uh, he's uh, putting it out underneath uh, his own YouTube channel um, called the Bobcat Outsider. And I think we probably could put a link to his channel yeah, in the in the show notes. Tony, you think you could do that for us? Sure, good. Sweet. Um, so if you want to check out all of his high quality interviews and coverage, uh, uh, you can find a link down there. Um, again, that was the Bobcat outsider, but, uh, Sheen, uh, we'll be on our podcast next week and we'll interview him as he's been really, he just had, um, really good access and some thoughts on fall camp. So with that, he's done a, he's done a great job of networking. Like he's really oh my gosh, made some, right? uh, yeah, he's, he's done a really good job of like, a. Just all of a sudden, this just guy just shows up at fall camp, and next thing you know, he's <laughs> right there in the interview room, like with all Paul Schwedelson's and the Colton's uh, is it pool. Yeah, Colton pool. Yeah. Right. I was get. I, I follow Colton Clark, who covers Idaho, so I get my Colton's confused. But yeah, he's right there with the other guys, um, and he's just done a great job. He's delivered some great audio, like you said, great video. Um, he's on Twitter at Shane Driscoll. I think it's just at Shane Driscoll, and uh, he is on the board, Driscoll Cat. So great job, Shane. We've been loving what you've been doing. Yeah, we're excited that he's work. a friend of our podcast, and just, and just more importantly, just our friend. So nice job, Shane. All right. So, Thorny, yeah. that, that was about the, the end of our uh, football discussion. We have yeah. some, we have some, uh, some buy or sell if you want to get into that. I want to preface this by saying that uh, – Ryan's come up with these and he's not giving me inter- information about what he's about to ask me. So I'm flying blind here. So yeah, let's play the game. All right, sounds good. I could, I'm, I, I do all the audio editing. So if I sound stupid, I'll just edit myself yeah, we out. We could just delete this whole segment. If it, <laughs> if it goes right. bad. 
<laughs> all right. All right. So here's how buy or sell works. I'm going to ask you about five questions. The thing is, you got to tell me you're going to buy or sell and for you based off of that question. All right. Got it. You good to go? All yes, right. Sir. First question, Thorny, coming your way. Summer is my favorite season. Are you buying or selling? Selling it. Why? Fall. Man, the temperature is perfect. Leaves falling down, all pretty colors and whatnot, and football. So, fall. Okay. Sounds good. Second question, Tony. Camping with my family. Are you buying or selling that? Do you want me to camp with your family? No, it's for your family. <laughs> <laughs> well, right now, uh, I'm going to have to sell it because it's a pain to sleep with the sleeping situation now the toddlers just screaming and crying all night long. It's gone pretty poorly a few times we've tried it, but we haven't camped on our own. We've camped in a, on a family property with like eight other tents there. And it's just been loud raucous all night long. So I'll, I'll buy it. I'll change mine to buy. It. I think we could do good if we ever go on our own. Okay. I talked myself into buying. Buy. Yeah. Okay. All right. <laughs> And I will ask myself these questions after you complete your round. So okay. we'll see what I have to say. Uh, third question. I trust Chope with our QB decisions. <laughs> oh, that's a hard one. Um, I'm going to sell that one. <laughs> going to okay. sell that one. Sorry, Jeff. Sorry, Sorry Chope. Please don't revoke <laughs> Shane's access to interviewing you. <laughs> okay uh, fourth question i think msu should debut an alternate alternate uniform this season oh hell yeah 1984 throwbacks yes uh, i'm Jack Ray allen we got the we got, we got it going we got you q <laughs> thorny's financing the whole thing he's got it <laughs> yeah that's yeah, sure. Well, yes. <laughs> we'll make that happen. I will say whatever I need to say to make it happen. <laughs> uh, Leon, make that happen, please. Okay, last one. You are you are the person I text most. Oh. Uh, so that would be me for you. Yes, I'm buying that. If that means that I text <laughs> you more than anyone, it's a substantial margin. So, yes, buying that one. All righty. <laughs> Thorny, you are off the hot seat for the buy or sell. Whew. <laughs> okay. I'm going to drink a beer while you, I guess, talk to yourself for a little bit. All right. <laughs> buy or sell for Ryan Foley. Foley, favorite season. I'm going to sell that. It used to be, but I'm going with fall. I think for a couple of reasons. One, I like the change of the season. I like to go back to work. Uh, teaching starts up. I just like the rhythms of that. I just think it has the best weather. Um, I, I think football has really little to do with it but it uh, has a part to do. so i'm gonna sell that summer is my favorite season camping with your family i'm going to buy that although it's been a really hard summer with my three and five year old boys it was a close sell but <laughs> if you have three and five year old boys doing anything's hard so <laughs> that's true that's where we are uh so but uh i do enjoy camping with my family uh, we have an 85 Westie, so we're the camper van type of people. So we push that thing around the inland northwest. It's pretty fun. Uh, third, 
I trust Chilt with our QB decisions. Uh, that's the easy sell for me. He has improved one bit that uh, he's made any solid decisions on that in my perspective. Although I did, uh, well, I became an increasing fan of Troy Anderson, that quarterback towards the end. But uh, I mean, if you haven't listened, you haven't listened. So <laughs> that be, that might be the nice thing you nicest thing you've ever said about Troy Anderson, a quarterback I've ever heard. So, yeah, probably right. I love Troy Anderson. It's not at quarterback. <laughs> exactly. Um, yeah. It's, we get uh, it. All right. Next one. I think MSU should debut an alternate uniform this season. Absolutely. I think. I think the eighty fours are a. Uh, a no-brainer. I think they should go back. Uh, I think they should do the early 2000s, too, with the, the, the lone cat on the side of the, the helmet. So when we were just horrible before we went to the block M on her hat, uh, you know, just bring up couple back. I don't care. Give us a cool face mask. I don't care. Just do something. And uh, if you're listening to the Bobcat Athletic Twitter account, that guy who does that, Man, we need a little bit more updates. You gotta, you gotta step up your game, there, buddy. So I tweet at you all the time. You, you never respond to me. Trying to hook you up. <laughs> Come on now, give me a, like a, like a face mask. Just tweet it out. I'll, I'll get it. Like, a, we'll, we'll share it on R and R. Come on now, <laughs> you can do better. All right, last thing. Thorny, you are the person I text the most, and and so that's the easy buy. And it's not even close. <laughs> I mean, that's how this whole podcast was born. We just got tired of texting yeah. each other and let's just talk it out. So, and I still text you the most. <laughs> so, yep. And it's yeah, still all the time. Well, that's all we have. So <laughs> why don't you give us some uh, yep. particulars, Thorny, and we'll wrap this up. All right. Well, that, yeah, pretty much sums up the episode. Um, as usual, please follow us on Twitter. Our, our catcast. Uh, you can find us on iTunes. You can find us on Anchor, Stitcher, wherever else people listen to podcasts. I don't even know. We got it all because Anchor makes it easy to do that. Facebook. Um, we got Facebook. That's really it. Yeah, we do have a Facebook page now, which I'm kind of updating. I kind of forget about it. Twitter's where Twitter and sports are just like peas in a pod. Like Facebook, yes. Good reach on it, but uh, sports where Twitter is, that's where the action is. So anyway, find us anywhere you want to find us, Facebook, Twitter, on the Bobcat message board, bobcatnation.com. we got to give a shout out to them because really that's where all Bobcat fandom starts as far as I'm concerned. So, um, yeah, thanks for listening, everyone, and I uh, appreciate it. And, yeah, go ahead and uh, give us a follow. Go Cats. Yep, go Cats. <laughs>